Hello, I am Lori Wondra of Your Life Core, and you are listening to Messages from the Universe. Here, I deliver information from the mastery realms related to astrology, planetary influences, energy surges, and generally how we are evolving. I connect with angels, guides, ascended masters, astro beings, and those that come forward with messages to help us on our journey. Welcome, everyone. Hello, this is Lori Wunder, and thank you for listening. This podcast is all about the age of Aquarius, that next chapter, like what's coming. You know, as humans, we want to know what's ahead of us. We like to sometimes linger and hold on to the past, but we love it even more about looking and knowing what's ahead. So we're going to talk about the age of Aquarius. If you might remember the song by the fifth dimension, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And that song was written in 1969, but we still play it. It still holds true. Its message and the vibration of its message are true to us today. We know in astrology, every 2,150 years or therein, somewhere around there, we have a new astrology age. That much anticipated age of Aquarius begins when the March equinox point moves out of the constellation Pisces and into the constellation Aquarius. So when do we actually move into the age of Aquarius? It's not like it is a full moon or a new moon or Mercury retrograde where we know it's coming and we know it lasts and we can track its progression in that three-week time period. Well, the age of Aquarius, astrologers really haven't agreed to when the age of Aquarius will begin, or many think that it actually has already begun and we're in a transitionary period. Most of those astrologists claim that the age of Aquarius arrived during the 20th century, probably around the year 2000, and others claim that it will arrive in the 24th century. One thing that we do know for sure is that it really takes 200 to 300 years to gradually transition from one age to another, and that's why astrologers are in this place of, are we already in it? Is it coming? Where are we in that transition period? And again, it's not like the planets that we can track, Venus and Mercury and full moon. It takes time, again, 200 to 300 years of transition, and it's gradual. I do believe that we're now transitioning from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. We're already witnessing the Aquarian influences, and those Aquarius influences are about technology, so we can see the technology advances. Just see how technology has grown, especially since the year 2000. Science, the internet, those are all huge trademarks of Aquarius, and they're already here, and they're beginning to progress faster and more. The age of Aquarius's ultimate goal is individual freedom and liberation. And having liberated ourselves from the collective karma of humanity during the entire age of Pisces, we're coming to an end. We're gradually starting to transition into having more and more and more individual freedom. And that is Aquarius. And because I know you want the answers, what can we expect from the age of Aquarius? Well, the best way to look at what 
the age of Aquarius might bring to us is to look backwards into time, backwards into previous ages. There's great stories that are told, and we begin to piece together some of those stories about Moses, the great floods, Jesus, the Egyptian time period. We begin to put together some of those great icons, the artwork that was created, and of course, again, the stories, those that were worshipped, those beliefs that were put in place. So before the age of Pisces, we had the age of Aries, and before that we had the age of Taurus, and we had the age of Gemini, and so on. And we really only have historical records dating back to the age of Leo. So I'm going to start there and then move forward. Now the age of Leo, that dates back to 10,800 BC to 8,600 BC. And that age of Leo was thought to be the great golden age. This is really when the belief that the ice age ended and the climate began to warm up. Sun is in Leo and at that time the sun was believed to be warming the planet up so therefore sun and Leo equaled the great golden age. The cultures of the world during that time worshiped the sun and all the sun gods. The ruler of Leo is the sun. The solar gods and the deities were paid the highest respects during this age and also during this time period. Lions and of course cats were also worshipped. Art, artwork, hieroglyphics, those can be found with the pictures of the sun, the sun gods, cats, and lions. And then came the age of cancer, and that was 8,600 BC to 6,500 BC. And the age of cancer was the age of the great mother and the goddess energy. Here we can see art figures of the voluptuous mother goddess from this period, and they are found all over the world, this art of the great mother. This is when the matriarchal culture was at its peak. Now at this time, it's believed that humans really began to become domesticated. They started farming and agriculture, which allowed them to stay in one place, build homes, really settle down. They planted their crops, they raised their animals, instead of being more nomadic, where they moved across the globe. This was a new way of living. Because they were not nomadic, they needed to have those homes, they needed to have food and shelter for them to be put in place. And this view of home and family, that's really a foundation in the Cancer area of astrology. Cancer is a water sign, and this age also brought in stories of the great floods as multiple myths and stories. And examples of those would be Noah's Ark or the Epic of Gilgamesh. Then we can look at the age of Gemini, and that was between 6500 BC and 4000 BC. And during this age, or during this time, humans began to develop more of their intellect, as well as languages or written communication. Now keep in mind that the age of Gemini is also when people began to move and trade and sell those things that they had been building or creating in their homes. So this created more crafts, more villages or trade markets, and this brought more need for translation, for languages, as well as written communication, because people were traveling. They were interacting between tribes and between cultures. At this point, the stories or the emergence of some of the myths and the stories that were related to that time were more about twins, and Gemini is a sign of twins. So we see more written or more stories about such as Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, or Enki and Enel. And when we talk about stories, the Garden of Eden is an age of Gemini myth. Once Adam and Eve tasted the fruit from the tree of knowledge, they became aware that they were naked 
and they were therefore driven out of Eden. The story's message is that with greater awareness, and of course that represents the intellect of Gemini, with that greater awareness comes choice and consequences, and we see that in the story. So before the age of Gemini, during the age of Cancer, human consciousness was more tribal, not as individualistic as it was becoming in the age of Gemini. It's only with the age of Gemini that humans really begin to perceive reality through duality, the separation of the subject and the object. And that's Gemini. This is when individual consciousness was first believed to have been born. Now, the age of Taurus is between 4000 BC and 2000 BC. And in the age of Taurus, that's when money and banking were invented. Keep in mind, the archetype for Taurus is I have. So money and wealth became the key drivers for growth during this age. Humans improved their farming, which led to the development of cities and settle life. And of course, more trade markets, bartering, and the need and the use of money and social classes or what money and wealth brought at that time. Think of Taurus, the, and the sign is the bull. And we can see that bull worship in many cultures during this time, as well as the worship of other nature spirits and fertility goddesses. Wealth was the driving force at this time. And then the age of Aries, 2000 BC to 0 AD. That general peacefulness that we see in the age of Taurus eventually came to an end. And the age of Aries is when the Iron Age, with its weapons, warfare, and the great military cultures really began to emerge. We can see that in mythology because mythology became hero-centered, depicting the hero, the great fight, and winning their way to glory. There was not calmness, it was the fight. And if we look at history and the stories from this age, it left us with great stories and myths of heroes and warriors. And we can see some of that in Moses, Hercules, Spartacus, Alexander the Great. And at this time, the masculine gods challenged the established feminine goddesses, and the matriarchy was replaced by the patriarchy. The age of Aries is also when the monotheistic religions were born. We moved from honoring multiple gods, keep in mind the sun gods, the goddesses, the multiple gods that we paid homage to, and we moved to focusing on more one consciousness, a central being. And one particular important archetype of the age of Aries was Moses. The belief in the stories is that Moses condemned the worship of the golden calf. And if we look at symbolism, a symbol of the bull, that's the golden calf. Was he symbolically declaring the end of the age of Taurus and the beginning of the age of Aries? That's what many astrologers believe. Moreover, Moses also spoke about what comes once the energy of the ego is channeled through the heroic actions. He was very futuristic in looking as to what was ahead for the human spirit. The process of individuation, which eventually accumulates with the death of the ego, was a prerequisite for finding the promised land. And that promised land, that's a metaphor for the age of Pisces transcendence. The age of Aries process of individuation was necessary. This is how humans developed courage and ownership of our destiny. However, once Aries, with that archetype of I am and me first, once that energy was fully embedded in our consciousness, it was time for something different. And that's where the age of Pisces comes in. Now we can look at another story. The Lamb of God that was sacrificed at the birth of Jesus can also be viewed as a symbolic end of the age of Aries and the dawn of the new age of Pisces. 
Now we move into the age of Pisces, and that spanned from approximately 0 AD to 2000. So after 2,000 years of war and military development, a different approach was needed. And keep in mind, the age of Aries was all about metal and weaponry and heroes and war. And the age of Pisces was gentler. As the age of Pisces emerged, humanity came to the understanding that the ego development from the age of Aries was simply not enough and that the ego must be channeled through something greater. The age of Pisces began to introduce the concepts of surrender, compassion, kindness, charity, empathy, and sacrifice. That warrior hero ideal of the Aries age evolved into the transcendent ideal of the saint. The age of Pisces had been the age of great world religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism. And as with any astrological age, we see the animal symbolism in stories, and it's quite literal. The symbol of Christians is the fish. Jesus's disciples were fishermen. And at the heart of Jesus and other religious leaders, their teachings were the idea that we should love each other because we are all one, and because to hate someone meant to hate oneself. Jesus initiated the age of Pisces with a sacrifice. It was through sacrifice that our sins were so-called washed away. Now, whether you believe in sin or karma, in astrology, Pisces is connected to the symbols of sins or karmic baggage, but also within the opportunity of that karmic baggage or those sins, we have the opportunity for it to be cleared, released, or for us to redeem ourselves. And we do that through sacrifice and surrender. And again, these teachings are told through the stories at that time. The symbol of Pisces is two fish that swim in different directions, yet they're tied together by an umbilical cord. This image is a symbol for the ego and the soul, and they have different agendas, yet they're part of the whole. They're tied together. They cannot escape. They are needed as part of the whole. The higher purpose of the age of Pisces is understanding that separation is just an illusion and that we can become whole again. I believe that we are whole. It's just understanding that we need to reconcile or we get to reconcile parts of us, our shadow sides, the light sides of us, which can equate to the ego and the soul. Or we can look at it as the yin and the yang parts of our psyche. This process of reconciliation isn't easy. We've been working on karma for a long time. But it's only when we find our inner unity that we'll be able to step into the age of Aquarius with that awareness. When we talk in terms of the veil is lifting, I also believe that that's what this age is right now. There really isn't a veil. It's just us becoming aware. And as we step into the age of Aquarius, some of us are going to be more aware than others, but all of us will be on the path of transformation. That's the beauty of age of Aquarius. That's the beauty of us understanding at the soul level that we simply cannot stay as we are. We must continue to evolve. So now looking back, let's look forward the age of Aquarius. And we believe that that's going to be the time period between the year 2000 AD and 4000. And again, I believe we've been in that transition for quite some time. Many astrologers believe that we actually started this in 2000 because there was so many astrological events leading up to the year 2000. And even in the world of technology, if you remember the big scare in the world of technology at that time, 
and whether our systems or the computers or technology would be able to handle the year 2000. In numerology, number two is incredibly feminine number. This is a number that tells us this is time for us to clear our wounds, work through our karma, prepare for the coming of a new age of living. Some delayed this work and I believe that the heavy lifting of our karmic debt and our karmic wounds and those types of things actually began in 2017 and it continues all the way through 2020. Some waiting for the last minute to do their homework cramming for that big test, which many believe is happening right now. And that's why we're getting this big push to evolve. This also might be why some of the energy that we're experiencing is a little bit easier for some than others, because maybe some of that karmic work or that work has been done over the last 20 years. We know that Aquarius is an air sign. It's fixed and it's masculine. The archetype is I know. But think of the Aquarian as the Einstein of the Zodiac, being open to discovering areas that have not yet been developed. And as I mentioned earlier, very technology related, very masculine, science related. Anything new and unusual seems to capture the attention of those born under this sign. And I'll just cover a few of the Aquarian characteristics. Some of those would be selflessness, analytical, fearless, friendly, humanitarian, idealistic, independent, individualistic, intellectual, inventive, loyal, unconventional, unpredictable, and innovative. And the sun in Aquarius, that correlates to a cycle of individuation and deconditioning. This is about self-accuracy actualization. And that comes through learning the lessons of life and then being an inspiration to others. And I think some of us have already been on that path and are now are leading others through the gateways. I believe that the age of Aquarius is pushing us to detach and to be indifferent. And in order to detach and become indifferent, we need to heal and understand those wounds. We have to understand what causes us to hold on to things. We have to understand our beliefs. We have to have a new perspective as to our transformation process. We have to let go. And as long as the ego is separate from the soul, we won't have freedom and progress. So Aquarius is about higher manifestation, but instead we'll have division and we'll continue to attempt to use machines, weapons, robots, or the internet to justify one side of the story or the other. So is it either the ego or the soul? We can call this a cosmic battle, but we all know that there's an ending to any battle. And at the end of this cosmic battle of ego and soul, that's where we'll reconcile the yang and the yang. The balancing of the masculine feminine will eventually find a new era or a new period or the triumph of Aquarius' highest values. And those are human humanitarianism, knowledge, reason, innovation, and people who work towards a greater goal. So as we're shifting from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, we will learn that each individual is important, not as an unorganized mast, easy to maneuver. And that's what we experienced in the age of Pisces where the masses just moved along. We are individuals and every single one of us is born for a reason. We all have been called here to be here at this time to contribute our energy, play a role, interact in a certain way. Every single one of us can make the world a better place. And we have to start believing that. We have to start looking at that. And we have to start honoring that. We have to 
equalize how we present ourselves in the world and how we allow others to be equal walking alongside of us. Another interesting fact is Aquarius is the exact opposite sign from Leo. So there's a Leo influence. And I chuckled when I started looking at the astrology charts because I'm, I'm wondering how cats or lion is going to present itself in the next 2,000 years. But Leo is what makes us unique. Leo is the creator. It's the leader. And the sun in Leo correlates to the cycle of creativity and self-expression and self-actualization. We learn through creating and taking big, bold actions for change and or to achieve our passions. And Leo shows us how to shine bright and we need that energy. So Aquarius is going to take Leo's unique qualities to that next level, putting them into higher context. And we need that because we're going through transformation. So we need to find that self-expression. We need to find that self-actualization. We're seeing that a little bit in our protests or the vocal things that are moving out into social media. We're wanting to be heard. That me from Aries is put into the use of we in Aquarius so that we can create something much better than the sum of the individual efforts. Of course, we get to we, we need to acknowledge that each person is unique in their qualities. And I just don't know that we're there exactly yet. We've got a lot of work there before we can look at collectively saying we're in this together. I know that there's big movements and we're seeing it in parts of the world or parts of parts of our industries, but there, we still have a long way to go. In Greek mythology, Aquarius is Prometheus, the Titan god that stole fire from the gods and gave it to humans. The fire is, of course, a symbol for the light of knowledge, but also quite literally, Aquarius is a symbol for electricity and other types of renewable energy. So we get to watch for the emergence of other types of energy come to us over the next thousands of years. We can expect those new types of energies to be discovered, but other likely developments would also include artificial intelligence. We're already seeing that develop. Space travel. There's a renewed interest in NASA and the private sector of getting into space. We've been seeing that in the last few years already. And of course, renewed or an advanced connection of other forms of life. We want to see what's out there. And if you've followed NASA, you also know that there's some rovers that have been launched you know, 20 or 30 years ago that are now reaching the outer limits of the universe that are sending images back to us. We're seeing data from the other planets, but we're going to see more of the interaction or more of the interest to actual astro beings or other forms of life. And of course, I know the astro beings have been speaking and working with us for some time, but I personally know that over the last 10 years, they have been coming forward more with introductions. I've been learning more about the different tribes, more about the multiverses. Those inner astral connections that we really are connected to, they're wanting to reach out to us. They're wanting us to be aware that they're there, but they just needed to wait for us to be ready. And think about Aquarius is the most global sign of the zodiac. It rules networks and communities based on mutual vision. So what better way to get our planet all moving in the same direction, but also get ready to have some interaction with astral or other planetary nations. So I feel in the next 2000 years, there's also no 
more space for top-down hierarchy cultures or extreme political doctrines. And that's why we're seeing the beginnings of things need to fall away. Under the energies of Aquarius, Aquarius is democratic, egalitarian sign. The types of top-down systems that have dominated our society in the last thousands of years will simply need to fall away. They'll need to cease because they simply don't work. And we need something different. We're seeing some of that shifting now in our world, particularly in the worlds of politics, religion, judicial systems, education, and of course, the medical systems. The age of Aquarius will come with a completely different operating system, something we haven't seen yet, at least for the last 26,000 years. The codes and the keys that we've been receiving from the universe are all preparing us for this time and this future. And you've heard me talk about the codes and the keys coming in and the gateways and the portals. That's what's coming in now. We've been getting the codes and the keys that help us function with this new operating system. Now, I mentioned that we typically have 200 to 300 years of transition, but I really believe that we started to witness or feel the influence of the age of Aquarius in the late 18th century. And the reason that astrologers believe that is because that's when Uranus was discovered. And Aquarius's modern ruler is Uranus. And at that time in the 18th century, electricity was discovered. Now keep in mind, Aquarius is all about electricity, alternate power, that type of thing, alternate energy. These Aquarian influences have since then intensified, especially in the last 50 years. Just see how technology and the advancement of electricity or alternative sources have taken off. The next age of Aquarius moment is December 21st, 2020. That's when Jupiter and Saturn meet for the first time in millennials and they meet at zero degrees Aquarius. Now, what are the chances to have the two slowest moving visible planets of our solar system meeting exactly in the first degree of Aquarius? That Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on December 21st may well be the final cosmic push that will mark the official beginning of the age of Aquarius. Change is already around the corner and will come sooner than we expected. Humanity's next chapter is currently being written right before our eyes. You just can't help but turn on the news and see change all about us. Where has the universe been pushing you to go and what has the universe been pushing you to leave? And remember the Aquarius features. The sun in Aquarius correlates to the cycle of individuation and deconditioning. And this is about self-actualization and that comes through learning the lessons in life and then being an inspiration to others. Now, where have you been releasing karma, your own wounds, your ancestral wounds, your soul wounds? Where have you been led or where have you been pushed to move beyond your past and to be directed into something different? That's soul liberation. That's unconventional. That's inspiration. And that's part of the effort to move us all into a more humanitarian time. And keep in mind, Uranus is also the ruler of Aquarius and Aquarius rules the 11th house. The 11th house is all about friends and acquaintances, how we relate to friends, our benefactors, our teachers, but more importantly, how we relate in society. So as we do more self and soul discovery, we get to practice that out in society. And lastly, as long as the ego is separate from the soul, we won't have freedom. And so to progress forward, we need to understand our ego. We need to understand our soul. We need to understand those two and let go of those things that are holding us back. Before I close, I just want to level set a little bit. So while an Aquarius season for those born under the sign,
sign of Aquarius that's traditionally 30 days long, but the age of Aquarius is going to last around 2160 years. That's 2160 years. A lot of transition, transformation, transmutation, and change. And a common position expressed by many astrologers sees the age of Aquarius as that time when humanity takes control of the earth and its own destiny as its rightful heritage, with the destiny of humanity being the revelation of truth and the expansion of consciousness. And so what's after the age of Aquarius? Well, that will be the age of Capricorn. But right now, we have a lot of work ahead of us. This is Lori Wonder of Your Life Core, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Messages from the Universe. I'm Lori Wondra. For current events or to schedule a private session, please visit www.yourlifecore.com.